Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. To make a better podcast, you need to be a better podcaster, right? Listening to this show will help, but uh, how long is that going to take? Hello and welcome to another Podcast Pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Been talking about time and podcasting and how long it takes to make podcasting better or different aspects about that all week long. On on Monday, we talked about your own personal time horizon. On Tuesday, we went into, what's the proper length? How long should content actually be? Or maybe that was yesterday's show. See, all these things get kind of confused to me. And um, yeah, so now we're going to talk about, once that giant trash truck moves out of the way, now we're going to talk about the time it takes to actually get better at all of this. I mean, how long does it take before you are better at podcasting? We all know, or at least we should know, it's been said many a time if you've been in this for a while, that podcasting is a marathon, it's not a sprint. Okay, that makes sense. Because it just takes, you know, time to put these things in place. It takes time to grow an audience. It just takes time. That's why we're talking about time. But time's a double-edged sword, to be really honest with you. Because just because something is old doesn't mean that it is great. One thing to think about. But at the same time, you need time to acquire skills and do things. So I'm going to talk about time from that, from a, from a perspective of what it takes actually to get good, something you do. Two things I want to talk about. So my name, Evo. Evo, by the way, means epoch, super long time. So I, I think about time a lot. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but I think about time and scale and lots of things like that. It's just where my, where my weirdo brain goes. That's one thing. Second thing is that you've probably heard the phrase that was popularized by Mr. Malcolm Gladwell, an author and thinker who I respect quite a lot. Malcolm says that it takes 10,000 hours to be an expert at anything. 10,000 hours. I have some thoughts about the 10,000 hours to be an expert. Um, One, I think it's a made-up number. I don't think we've done scientific research to figure out how long it takes to be an an expert at something. But at the same time, it's a fine number. It's a number to use, and it makes sense. From a a scale perspective, you have to practice things a lot. You're not going to be a pro tomorrow. Although that doesn't stop people from learning how to do something and then putting out their shingle that says, I can teach you how to do it. Okay, fine. I get that. But it takes some time to do that. So I was thinking about how long 10,000 hours actually is. No matter what it is you want to do, you want to be great at playing the violin, great practice, 10,000 hours, you'll get there. Here's the deal, though. If you practice 10,000 hours, one hour a day, if that's your goal, to get to 10,000 hours and you practice one hour a day, every day, without fail, 
That's like 27 years. Is that what the number is? I think it comes to some crazy number. Like it's long, long time. But here's the reality. You're not going to practice one hour a day every day. That's not enough time to become an expert. That's not enough dedication because that's one hour in, in the course of seven days. That's not one hour in the course of 24 hours. That's just not enough. You have to do it more than that. And people who are professionals who are doing this thing day after day, who really want to get good at something, they're doing it much more like a full-time job. So instead of looking at 27 years, well, what if you did something for eight hours a day? Eight hours a day, every single day. Would you be an expert at it then? Could you practice podcasting? Could you do the podcasting things? Reading, thinking, doing, researching, whatever. Eight hours a day, that's called a job. And you don't do a job eight hours a day for seven days a week, only five usually, or more or less. But if you do that, then you take that 27 and you divide it by eight, which is pretty simple, right? And you get around three-ish hours. Three hours, excuse me, three-ish days or years. There we go. I'll get the right threes out of there eventually. Three years to be an expert. And so that got me thinking about this. What makes me an expert? And I've been doing this for 15 years, so that's half of the one hour a day thing. But I've not been doing this for one hour. In fact, for the for the for a lot of the, my first probably 15 years in podcasting, it was more than an hour a day, but it probably wasn't all that much more than that. So if that was only for like 10, 12 years, that doesn't qualify me as an expert. It's only been since 2016 that I have been making this my full-time gig, working with other podcasters and thinking beyond just the things that I'm doing behind a microphone, helping with strategies and businesses. Now that I've been doing full-time, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of eight hours a day, to be honest, I'm kind of lazy, but you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of eight hours a day. So I've been doing that for about four years now, so that probably gets me to the 10,000 hours to be there. But here's the thing. When people look for podcasting experts, we tend to put a lot of emphasis on how long someone's been doing something. And, and I think, again, that's important. To get to these 10,000 hours that you need to be an expert, you need to be doing things for a long time. But at the same time, if you do something for too long or for a long time, you tend to lose sight on what's happening now and what's current and what's changed in the industry. Because unless you actively work at staying on top of what's happening and what the changes and the new things coming in, you tend to just fall behind. There's new things happening that you just don't do. You're just not experiencing because you're comfortable. You do your thing. You're working on your craft. You're honing your skills. You tend not to be looking at things from the outside in. That's where the importance of new people, brand new ideas, brand new ways of doing things. Because they can look at all the history you've done of the 10,000 hours it took me to get to where I'm at. They can look at that. They can listen. They can get, they can distill down the things and they don't have to learn everything from scratch, but they can take that as a springboard and go do something new and unique. I'm going to be honest with you. I have a nonstop 
never-ending, low-grade, nagging fear that I'm going to be left behind. It's something I grapple with all the time. And something I actively work to try and change and keep my eye on a on new things, on new trends, on what's going on in the space that I just don't have a handle on. I really fear that that's going to go away. I also fear that we spend too much time on people who have done this for a long time that don't know those new things. I guess I'm saying the same thing. I'm kind of repeating myself. It's important for you to work hard to craft your skills, and it's going to take time. You're not going to be at at any expert level in six months. You'll be a better expert than you were. You'll be better off off than you were, but you won't be an expert. None of us will be. Six months to do anything does not qualify you to be an expert. Three years, maybe full-time, you qualify you to be an expert. But I guess if I have a message, it's this. Always be learning. Always look for new stuff. Question the advice you get from everyone, even if they've been around for 15 years. Make sure it's still relevant. Make sure it's future-facing. That's why I called this episode Age and Treachery versus Youth and Skill. The old saying that I love to put out there. But there's definitely value in doing this for a long time. I have been doing this for a long time. This is a new thing that I'm doing. I'm learning all sorts of new things as I do this show. Even 206 episodes in, I learn new things all the time. I try to apply those new things all the time. But I also try to layer that in with the experience I built over the years. Take the time to get things right. Take the time to do things. I appreciate your time spending with these episodes. Even though they're only nine minutes or less or slightly more a day, four days a week. I still appreciate your time. So thank you very much. I'm going to end on that note. Back next week with a brand new mini-series all about making podcasting better. If you need to, check out podcastlaunch.pro for more services I offer. And I shall be back on Monday with another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic health care need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, Access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. 
If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.